Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. We bless you. We praise you. We magnify you, Lord God. We lift up the name of Jesus. And we just simply say thank you. My God, I thank you. I bless you. You are so wonderful. You are so amazing. You are so mighty. You are the King of Kings. You are the Lord of Lords. You are the great I am. My God, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for being all we need. My God, I thank you for your peace. Just saturate us in your peace this morning, Daddy God. Saturate us in your love this morning, Lord God. We just ask that you restore us, Father. We thank you. Father, we're going to ask that you forgive us for any sin that has been committed against you or anyone else, Father God, that you search the deep places of our hearts, Lord God, that we open ourselves up to you and we will not resist your perfect will in our lives. Some of you, the Lord God is calling you into something higher and whether you know it or not, Sometimes you just have to say this audibly. You have to be like, Lord, I'm going to submit myself to your will. Like, um, and I'm giving you permission to pluck up things in me that do not line up with you or to dig into the deep crevices. You got to, you got to get the, the, the Lord isn't a bully, even though we've been taught that he's not a bully. And so you've got to give him permission to dig into the deep places and your, your life to, to take over, to bombard you. Um, And I sense the Lord saying, I'm calling some of them. I hear him say, I'm calling some of them higher. They felt the pull, the pull to come into a deeper relationship with me. So just give him permission this morning. Just Lord, you know what? I surrender and I give you permission to just take over my life. God is not a bully. He's a gentleman. He's not. He's not, and often we think that God is a bully, and God is not a bully. God is a gentleman, and so he'll extend himself to you, but you got to open up your heart to be able to receive him, because sometimes some of the things he shows us is not pretty. It's not pretty. It's not, when he began to show me myself, she wasn't pretty. She, she wasn't pretty. She was not. She was not. She was callous and broken and bitter and forlorn and cantankerous and contentious and always looking for a good fight. She was not pretty. She was not. And so just give God permission this morning. You know what, God? I'm going to give you permission. And no matter how hard it hurts, I'm going to stay in place. Like I need to stay in place. I need to stay in position because I know you're trying to do a greater work in my life. You're trying to push me into a place of being a better mother. You're trying to push me into a position to be a better wife. You're trying to push me into the position to be a better teacher. You're trying to push me into the position of being a better friend. You're trying to push me into the position to be a better sister. My God, a better steward over my finances. Uh, Just more honest and in more integrity and character. You're trying to fashion me into the image of Christ. And so, Lord God, I just give you permission this morning. Father God, I give you permission, Lord. I give you permission to take over my life, to do 
a greater work to be within me and push me out of my comfort zone. And this is what the word is saying to you. This is what Jesus is saying to us this morning. He says, I am the true vine. This is John 15. I am the true vine. No other vine, no other way to attach yourself, no other paths to, to God, no no other way to get what you need, no other way to mature. You hear me, Nisi? He, no other way. There's no other way. There's no other way. My God, there's no other way. He says, I'm the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. My father is the vine dresser. My God, I thank you. My thank you, I thank you, I thank you. I thank you, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, Father God. My father is the vine dresser. And when we look up the word vine dresser, we are talking about the person who cultivates and prunes the grapevines. My God. So God is the person who tends to, he tends to our vine. He, he tends, he prunes, he tends us, right? And so vine, Jesus is the vine. Jesus is actually what we are connected to when we say yes to Jesus. He said, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And so simply God is saying to us, if you'll do me a favor, if you'll go ahead and let me take the things away from you that are not bearing fruit. Can we just pause for a minute and think on that? What are the things that are not fruitful in our life? Like, Gossip is not fruitful and malice is not fruitful and sexual immorality is not fruitful, right? And pettiness is not fruitful and um, jealousy is not fruitful and contention is not fruitful and lewdness is not fruitful and crudeness is not fruitful, right? And hate is not fruitful and unforgiveness is not fruitful. Those things are not unfruitful. Those things are not fruitful. If you need to, to see that a little deeper, let's go over to Galatians 5 and 22. I love to pray the word. I love when God does this for us. My God, I thank you. Thank you for your word this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's go over to Galatians 5 and 22 so that we know what's not fruitful, right? Because sometimes we'll, we'll take our own understanding of what fruitful is. And God is like, I, I never... I, these things can't produce fruit. The seed that it, I can't find, my bar, I need another bar. <laughs> Why can't I produce fruit? These things do not produce fruit. These are not fruit producers. These will not yield a harvest. These will not, these will not yield a harvest. They won't. And so these are the things that he says that are not fruitful, right? He says, when you, he says, when you, he says, so, so we back up. He tells us to live life by the spirit. And then he tells us this. He says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil. What is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the, so the spirit gives. My God, you should be highlighting that in your Bible, right? The spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. My God. And the, so the, these two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. 
When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. And he gives us a list. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God, right? That, that, that will not inherit the kingdom of God. My God, my God. But what the Holy Spirit produces, this kind of fruit in our lives, which is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against their, those things, there are no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every... Does it say some, right? It Does it say some? Absolutely not. Every, every part of our lives, let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Oh, that's good. One more. Let's go over to Proverbs 6. It says, these are six things that the Lord's hate and no seven things he detests. Haughty eyes, a lying tongues, hands that kill the innocent, a heart that plots evil, feet that races to do wrong, a false witness who pours out lies, a person who sows discord in a family. My God, my son, obey your father's commands and don't neglect your mother's instructions. So we just read those. So as we're saying to God this morning and opening ourselves up to him and just simply saying, I'm going to, when God is saying, I'm calling you into something higher, right? Because a lot of times we'll skate around the, the something higher. We do just what someone taught us, or we do things according to church or religious overture. And God is like, no, I'm calling you into something deeper. I'm calling you into something higher. So then when Jesus says, I'm the true vine, like I'm the true vine, there's no other way to get to the father except through Jesus Christ. That new, new, new age things will tell you all paths lead to God. No, ma'am. No, sir. No, no, ma'am. No, sir. No, no, they don't. No, no, they don't. There is only one path to God, and the path to God is through Jesus Christ. That, that is, that's it. that, that's it. There's nothing else. It says, so I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. And we just said that when God is our vine dresser, He cultivates every branch in us that does not bear fruit. Every branch in us that is that, that does not bear fruit, he's trying to cultivate it. He's going to take it away. And that was the NLT version. I'm in the Amplified version. He says, every branch in me that continues to bear fruit, he still prunes you. So even if you're bearing fruit at some level, he's still going to prove he's going to take away the things that do not bear fruit. He repeatedly prunes so that we will bear more fruit, even richer and finer fruit. So remember when we were studying in Romans 5 and it was saying to us, um, we're going to go through tribulations and tribulation is going to produce perseverance and character and character hope, right? That is Romans 5, 3, and 4. It's going to produce character and it's going to produce hope. 
as God is pruning us, right? As he is pushing us, as he is calling us to a higher level, you're going to be producing at each level. Like you do not cap out until you go home. So if you ever find yourself becoming complacent, if you ever find yourself feeling like you there or you've arrived or you so holy or you ever get to the point where you feel like you can judge and start talking about other people's relationship with God, that's probably a sign you're not there. That's probably a sign you're not there. That's probably a sign you're not there yet. Because when you understand how the spirit pulls, then you're going to operate in what was given to us in Galatians 5, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, kindness, and self-control. You're going to have more control of your thoughts. You're not going to think more highly of yourself than you ought to. You're never going to exalt yourself above anybody else because you're going to understand that he will exalt you in due time. You're never going to be judgmental of someone else's spiritual process. You're not going to have a whole lot to say about a person's life because you understand that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world and that it is him that's doing a greater work in you. Right. You So if you ever feel yourself getting to the position or place where you think you have arrived, that is a sign that you really need to ask the Holy Spirit to do a greater work in your heart. Somewhere your heart is a little hard and somewhere your heart has gotten a little tough. Somewhere some pride has gotten in and it's just doing a little it's overwhelming you and consuming you and you don't even realize it. Which is why when I started this, I said, let's pray and ask God to deal with the deal with our will, deal with the places. I was talking to my pastor and she says, sometimes people don't even realize that they are resisting the will of God. Right. That they are resisting. They are resisting the will of God because the next level feels uncomfortable. The next the next when when he prunes so greater fruit can produce forth, it isn't comfortable. I'm just going to be honest. It does not feel comfortable. I mean, some of y'all been at, like, we've been operating, we can operate in ways that do not have all integrity and character, right? And so when the next level comes, like maybe at work, you left with ink pens. I'm just using this example. You at work and you leave with all your ink pens from work, which actually is stealing, right? Unless your boss tells you you could take the ink pens home, right? Well, before you would not have ever thought of taking those ink pens home as stealing, right? Or stealing time or doing extra lunch when you're only supposed to be on lunch 30 minutes. You never would have thought that you fine, you nice, you kind to people, right? But one day you're sitting in the office and um, something overwhelms you and it's the Holy Spirit. And you start thinking about these ink pens and and the, the Lord will begin to deal with your heart and be like, those are not your ink pens. Like, those are not your ink pens. Or this is not your time. Or those are not your resources, right? I'm, I just, those are not your resources, right? And so you have to manage those well. And you have to be very careful. He'll start pricking your heart. He'll start pulling you into something higher. And that's what I mean by pruning. It goes from levels. So what you thought was acceptable at one level doesn't become acceptable. God begins to do a greater work, right? And so, but you, but because your will, your will may interfere with the next level, right? And for some reason, we start resting. We get rest. We like feel like we've accomplished a little bit. And we like, oh, we good. And I got this. And we get settled there. We'll start resting in a certain position or a place. 
But he tells us here, he says, I'm the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch of me that does not bear fruit. And so you have to ask God, are, am, are you, am, is fruit bearing in every area of my life? And then where it's not giving fruit, where I'm not bearing fruit, Lord God, I am asking you, I'm giving you permission, please take this away. Because I want to bear more fruit. I want to bear more fruit. I want to be made in the image of Christ. I don't want to assume that I'm in the best position and I'm in the best place and I'm what you called me to be and I'm here. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that anymore. I feel you, Lord God, calling me into a higher place in you, right? I feel you. I feel you. And as divine, I'm giving you permission. I'm not going to resist what you're trying to do in my life today. I can't afford to resist it. I cannot, I cannot. And so that's how we open ourselves up to him to ask him to do more. And when we ask him to do more, he will begin to pull the scales off your eyes and he'll begin to give you eyes to see places and things in you that you had not addressed and that you had not dealt with yet because you had not spent the right amount of time before him or because you didn't give him permission to really deal with you, right? You all, I'm in church, I'm serving. It's like, no, it's not enough for you to be in church and just to serving. If he's divine and he's divine dresser and we're not bearing fruit in a particular area, then it's because we're not... Um, we're, we're too comfortable in that area. And can I be honest with you? Sin gets real comfortable. Sin gets real comfortable, especially when everybody's doing it. It does. And all these things get real comfortable, especially when everybody is, everybody else is doing it, right? And so we pray for fresh revelation. Well, how we get revelation is by being pruned in the word. The word's going to prune you so that you can get re fresh revelation, right? And then for those of us that are teachers and preachers, we're just supposed to expose it. We're supposed to give it to you, not force it upon you. That would be legalism, right? So God gave me revelation on some personal things for my life, right? I'm not going to, I'm going to share it with you. I'm going to give you what, what God is giving me, right? Um, but I'm not going to force it on you, force, forcing Forcing it on you is legalism. To force you to live the way that God has shown me, that I get revelation for, that's legalism, right? To force you into my study habits, to force you. My job as a teacher or um, pastor, priest, whatever you want to call me, as a developer is to teach it to you, right? To show you what God is showing me and then stand in the gap and pray for you in the Holy Spirit that you get revelation, that you begin to see, that the eyes scales fall off your eyes that God gives you ears to hear that your heart is not hard and he gives you a heart of flesh my God right so so in that then we learn how to open ourselves up and begin to pray big prayers that says Lord your your will be done and not my will and mean it right and mean it like mean it your will be done and not not my will not, not my will, not my will. And really mean it, your will, your will be done and not my will, right? My, not, not, not my will, not my will, but your will be done, my God. And so we have to pray that we have to open the door to that. Cause again, God is not going to bully you. He's not going to force his will upon your life. That's legalism. Relationship extends an opportunity for you to become more familiar with who God is. My God, thank you, Holy Spirit, for this. So, Father God, we just open ourselves up to you this morning.
Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Father God, any place in our life that we operate, we're operating in a heart of flesh, Lord God. A heart of, give us, give us, pour your spirit, Lord God. Give us a heart of flesh. We don't want stony hearts anymore. We don't want hearts that are hardened towards you. Father, remove the scales off our eyes. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Lord, Lord we long to walk with you. We want to walk deeper with you. We want fresh revelation. We want to reign a word. We want to experience you. We want a life of the spirit. Father God, we don't want to be filled with all those things in Galatians. We don't want to hate. We don't want to have haughty eyes. We don't want to be jealous. We don't want to be petty. Father, we don't want to live that way. We want to live a life that's full of the spirit, that a life that's by the Spirit, Lord God. And the only way we're going to do that is if you prune us, Lord God. And if we abide in you and you abide in us, Lord God. So we're anchoring ourselves in you this morning, Lord God. And no matter how uncomfortable it may get, we are asking you, Holy Spirit, just to come and take over our lives so that we can be fruit producers, Lord God. We want rich, luscious fruit. We don't want just a little bit of fruit and a little bit of season, Lord God. We ask, Father God, that you give us a spirit of discernment so we'll be, get, be able to discern things, Lord God, that you give us wisdom, knowledge, and impartation of your word. I thank you, Father God, that all your people begin to hunger and thirst after your word like never, ever before. My God, I declare and decree fresh eyes and fresh ears to hear and see, Lord God, and that they will no longer be nomadic, my God, roaming two and four for, for that they will settle themselves and you settle themselves in the word, that they will place you on the throne, Lord God, that they will have no other God before you. None, not one, not one, not one. They will not be given over to lust. They will not be given over to diverse temptations, Lord God. They will not have anything, no marriage, no job, nothing over you, Lord God, nothing, nothing seated above you, nothing seated in your place, Lord God. So remove the scales off our eyes, Lord, so we can see our idols. What are the things that we've made an idol, Lord God? What, what kind of things are we spending way too much time on? What kind of things are we consumed with, Lord God? Show us that this morning. Father God, we don't desire to be attached to anything else. We don't want to be according to this world is. We want to be in the world, but not of the world. So separate us, Lord God. My God, as, as the devil comes to sift us, Lord God, you sift us for your glory. You burn up the chaff in us. You take anything out of our life that doesn't line up with your word, hate and jealousy and malice, Lord God. Even those things that we do in your name that are not really of you, show us those things. Now, Father God, we lift up our children to you today. We thank you, Father God, as they finish these last few weeks of school, that they finish strong. We thank you, Father God, for grace. We thank you for love. We thank you for mercy. We thank you, Father God, that health is their reasonable portion. Father God, we thank you, Father God. We bind their minds to the bind of Christ. We bind their will to the will of God. And we thank you, Father God, you are healer. We thank you, Father God, for closer relationships with our children. We thank you, Father God, as parents, you give us ears to hear and that we are more mindful of them. We thank you for love. We thank you for peace. We thank you for joy. We thank you for strength, Lord God. My God, we thank you for endurance in their lives, Father God. We thank you that they are hungering and thirsting after righteousness, Lord. 
And we thank you for Jesus. We thank you they are coming to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. And we thank you, Father God, they will honor us as they honor you. Father God, show us any area in our lives in which we've been provoking them. And let us be gentle and kind parents, Lord God. Let us not be legalistic. Not Let us not lord over them. Let us be patient with them, Lord God. Let us be loving and kind and full of grace. Let us act towards them the same way you've been towards us. My God, give us eyes to see and ears to hear in places where we're not raising our children in the admonition of the Lord. Let us calm down as parents, Lord God, and remember what it's like to be kids and how we didn't want anybody lording over us, Lord God. Establishing us new parental values, ones that line up with kingdom precepts, ones that line up with kingdom teaching, ones that line up with your ways. Let us be good examples to our children, for it's not enough for us to say and not live and do. So Father God, we bind our mind to the mind of Christ and I bind our will to the will of God. And we thank you, Father God, that we see you in us, that we see you in us. And that's how we raise our children. Now, Father God, I want to lift up all businesses to you today, Father God. For some, this has been a time of insurity, Lord God. And we just thank you that you strengthen the businesses that you gave us, Lord God, and that we rest in your truth and we rest in your peace and we rest in your grace, that you've given us witty ideas and inventions that we are bold, Lord God, and that even if we constructed something that is not of you, Father God, you will give us guidance, wisdom, and direction of what to do next, Lord God, for we are building business for kingdom and nothing else. So Father God, we pray that you get the glory out of these businesses. Lord God, we thank you for resources. We thank you for customers. We thank you for clientele. We thank you, Father God, that there is an open heaven upon, on our businesses today. Lord God, we thank you for partnerships and relationships, Lord God, in a spirit of excellence. That we won't, if you gave us the business, it won't be half cocked. We ain't going to judge it from our eyes. Give us eyes to see. Give us coordinators. Give us mentors. Give us coaches. And let us come out of our prideful self and receive those things. Give us vision for the business, Lord God. Give us wisdom, supernatural wisdom, supernatural grace. My God. Let us be anchored in truth. Let us discern our times and our seasons so that we can walk in step and guidance. Lord God, I just thank you for who you are and what you are in our lives. We thank you for this devotion. I thank you for LMJ Ministries. I thank you for the ministry team. I thank you for those that pray with us. I thank you, Father God, just for your love, your grace, and your mercy. I thank you for my mother, and I thank you for my grandmother, and I thank you for my aunts and my uncles who have gone before us to pave a path, Lord God. I thank you, Father God, for the next generation becoming an example. I thank you, Father God, we are taking our rightful positions in kingdom. We love you, Daddy God. Mm -hmm. mm, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, praise you, and magnify you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. My God, in Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, I thank you. I love how tender God is with us. I love how he's been constantly opening our eyes and giving us revelation and showing us how to, like, work on ourselves, right? These are the things that you need to do. I thank you for ministries expanding and increasing. 
and the harvest of souls. The harvest of souls. The harvest of souls. My God. My God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for the 12 million. For the harvest of souls, Lord God. We thank you. 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 We bless you. We praise you. Thank you for opening doors for us that no man can shut. My God, and providing us with opportunities and opportunities cornering us, Lord God. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you for grace. 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 We thank you for grace in Jesus' name. My God, I thank you. I thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord God, we thank you. We bless you. We praise you. We magnify you, my God. My God, we are coming after the one, Lord. So position us. Position us in every city, every state, every nation, throughout the world. Give us opportunities to do more for your glory. Let us manifest your glory. <laughs> my God, show us your glory. Let us walk in your glory. My God, let your glory be upon this devotional today. Somebody needs this devotional today. My God. Will y'all do me a favor? Will y'all make sure y'all share this devotional today? Someone needs this. I heard, I hear the Lord saying this. And if every person would just come out of themselves and share the devotional today, whoever needs it is going to get it. Like, just don't be ashamed. Don't worry about who's watching your timeline. Don't worry about, you can, when we download, you can get the link on YouTube. But just will you share this today? Will this be the day that you share? I feel that in my spirit. Like, will you share this? Somebody needs this, this devotional today. This is the devotional that they need. So will you please share this devotional today? My God, I thank you. My son, my son and I were talking about that. The impact and the reach is through the people. That's why we always got to be kind and loving people to our people, right? Like we got to be kind and loving to our people. Just share it on your timeline. Don't be exclusive with it. Don't be exclusive. Don't share it to people you just think going to watch it. Like send it to everybody. Somebody needs this. I hear the Lord when he's saying somebody needs this today. Somebody needs to hear this. Someone needs to feel the peace of God. Someone needs to understand that God is looking for them, that they are, that he loves them, that he cares about them. Somebody needs to know that it's not too late, that um, even though it looks like things are not working for them, that their business does not have to fail if they partner with God, that God is with their children, that they can cast all their cares on God because God cares for them, that there is no sin that's too great for God. That there's no sin. Can I say that? There's no sin that's too great for God. Baby, there's no situation. There's nothing that you've done that is bigger than the blood of Jesus. Can I just say that today? Absolutely nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Nothing that God can't repair. Nothing that God can't fix. Nothing that's broken. None, none of, there's not, there's nothing there's absolutely nothing like you need to hear me. There's nothing that the blood won't fix. So if that's you, just ask the Lord God, Lord God, restore me today. You may be already saved, right? We always talking about that. You may already be saved. 
But you you might need to be restored today. You may be the person that came to the devotional and today you're saying, you know what? I need to be restored. I need my mind renewed. I need a healing, right? There's some things I need to come outside of myself of and I don't know how, right? I don't know how, like I don't know how. And so Lord, I just need you to restore me today. I need you to show me how to come out of sin. I need you to help me with my sickness. I need you to help me battle this disease. I need you to help me see Jesus in a new way. I don't want to live this way anymore. So Father God, I just ask that you restore me, Lord. That you restore me, that you restore me. You restore me, you renew my mind, you renew my spirit. And when you take that in faith, you know he'll do just that. He'll he'll do he'll do he'll do just that. He'll do exactly what you asked him to do and he won't do less than that. He won't do he won't he won't do less than that. We we forget about that. Sometimes we when we offer the the hand of fellowship or we ask people to become saved, right? The first time we forget about the people who they still struggling, right? They still struggling. They still struggling. They still struggling. They still fighting their flesh. They still fighting. They really fighting. They got a battle they've been fighting for a long time. They got some stuff they ain't just been able to put down. They got some places they really don't want to give themselves over to. That they don't really want to give themselves over to, but they keep giving themselves over to it anyway. They keep doing it. Like they keep giving themselves over to it anyway. That's what they keep doing. That they keep doing that. They keep giving themselves over to it anyway. And that's not what they need to give themselves over to. So, so, so Father God, we just position ourselves before you today. We position ourselves before you and just ask you to restore us, oh Lord, today. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's for those of us that know we're saved. We know we're saved, but we need to be refreshed. We need to be restored. We got areas and positions and things that we've been still struggling with. And God is saying, bring me that. I'm interested in that. I'm interested in that. I'm interested in giving you that today. I'm interested in renewing you. I'm interested in restoring you. And that's why he took us through the scripture that he did. My God, I thank you for restoring us, for mending and healing every broken place and that we come to understand today that without a doubt no circumstance and no situation is bigger than you right no circumstance and no situation is bigger than him can you just say that audibly out your mouth today sometimes we need to admit that right we'll hide our sin we'll hide our mistakes or we're overwhelmed and consumed and because this world has told us it's about us being tough and not weak, right? Tough and all. No, Lord, I'm admitting there is no, I'm saying it out of my mouth. I may not understand it all, but there's no circumstance or situation that's bigger than you. None, none, none. There's no sin that I have that's bigger than you. There's no sin that I have that's bigger than you. None. No sin that I have that's bigger than you, Lord. I'm going to I'm going to confess all my sins. Confess it, write it out, talk to him about it. He hears, he knows. Just confess it. Talk about it. My God. Be real. Be like he knows it. Be like I'm struggling with. Make your little list. Fold it up. Say I'm giving this to you today. And then let the Holy Spirit renew you. Can I give you just a little bit on the Holy Spirit, just a little bit about how the Holy Spirit works through you? 
and then we're going to pray and get out of here for the day. I need to give you just a little bit about how the Holy Spirit works through you, right? This is how the Holy Spirit is working through you. This is what the Holy Spirit desires to do for you. We still in Romans. We still chewing on Romans, right? In Romans 5 and 5 says evident, we, we, in Romans 5 and 5, right? It talks about the evidence for hope, God's love in our hearts, right? Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us, right? So the Holy Spirit has been given to us. Right? So the love of God is poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to quench you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you. And so as the Holy Spirit is given to us, he begins to renew us. Right? He begins to renew us. That's what he does. He begins to restore us. He begins, been, begins to give us eyes to see and he begins to give us ears to hear. That's what he will do because the Holy Spirit has been given to us, right? And so when we're not aware of God's love, when we're not aware of God's love, it's because we're not constantly being filled with the Holy Spirit. We really don't understand the Holy Spirit. And so we will acknowledge God and we will acknowledge Jesus but we will not acknowledge the Holy Spirit. And Jesus already told us, when I leave you, there's a comforter coming. So, and even though they are all one, three and one, they are all, they all still deserve to be acknowledged. They are all still their own entity, their own person. They are all still active. So you have to understand the purpose, right? You've got to begin to understand what the Lord is saying. You've got to begin to understand the Holy Spirit, right? And so when, you, when you're lacking the evidence of God's love and you, don't begin, you can't understand how God loves us at this capacity, it's just the lack of the Holy Spirit being poured in your heart, right? Romans tells us there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And because we are some of the most condemning folks, because the enemy brought us into a position to be condemning, and we are some of the most condemning folks, then we think that the Lord deals with us that way. When conviction looks different, conviction stirs up in you the things that you don't know. Condemnation lords over you to the things that you've already confessed before God. So I need more Holy Spirit in me when I'm lacking that, right? When I'm lacking the, uh, uh, um, when I can't understand God's love, when I can't understand how God will heal me, when I can't understand how um, God will forgive me. Come on, Lord. <laughs> when I can't understand how I'm going to manifest my destiny after all the wrong things that I've done. It's just because I need more Holy Spirit. And Romans tells us here that it's poured out into our hearts. Poured. I can't pour my cup because I don't want coffee. Poured. A pour. A pour. A pour. A pour. A pour. Not a trickle, but a pour. And so God's love is communicated to us through the Holy Spirit. Right? It's communicated to us through the Holy Spirit. 
So may the Holy Spirit now be here in each and one of us to shed abroad the love of God in our hearts. That's what we need. That's what we have to invite in. That's where we have to get the understanding. That's where we have to get the revelation that we need the Holy Spirit to be in each and one of us so we can shed abroad the love of God in our hearts. Can we, so we can really begin to understand who God is. And every Christian, every person has the Holy Spirit, right? Romans 8 and 9 says, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So if we've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, then guess what? We have the Holy Spirit in us. We have him in us, right? But not every Christian lives in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, right? My God. Ephesians 5.18 says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So not every last one of us is filled with the Holy Spirit, right? Romans 8, uh, 4, 4 through 5 says, That the righteous of the law may be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. And so if I don't understand how important the Holy Spirit is to me, I won't ask for more of him. Right? He's advocate. He's truth. He's comforter. He's teacher. Right? And so the Holy Spirit has been given to us so that God's love can be poured out on us. And the only way that we're going to be able to receive more wisdom, more knowledge, more understanding, um, increase, discernment, all of those things is it's got to come to a place where we really learn how to yield to the Holy Spirit. That's it. That's, that's, that's it. That's, that's what we've been lacking. That's what we've been missing. So can you just ask him that today? Can you just simply say, you know what, Holy Spirit, <laughs> be in me, be in us. So I can understand the measure, the depth, the width, and the breadth of God's love for me. I need that more than anything today. I need to yield to that. Show, Holy Spirit, show me how to yield to you in another way. And if you'll do that, guess what he does? He comes and does a greater work in us. He comes and does a greater work in us. He comes and does a greater work in us. We just got to give him permission to do that. My God. So you're telling me today what I've been lacking is just because I don't have revelation of who the Holy Spirit is. Because I really just don't understand how he works in my life. Because I thought my sin was greater than him. Because I didn't realize that he sanctifies me. He works it out. I don't have to work it out. He works it out in me. And I've been sitting up here trying to work out my own thing. And every time I try to work out my own thing, I fall. I almost threw something. And every time I work out my own thing, I fall right back in it. That's somebody. I, woo, I can't even run. That's somebody's story today. Every time you try to work it out. Every time you try to say, no, no, no. Every time you try to say, I'm going to resist this. I'm not falling back into diverse temptations. I'm not going to gossip. I'm not going to talk about people. Right? Every time I try to work it out on my own, what manifests and happens is 
I keep these cycles. I run right back into these cycles. I come back into the same depression. I came back into the same situation. I end up with the same kind of friends. I end up in the same kind of relationship. I end up in the same. My money and finances be back in the same place. Because I've been trying to work it out. I thought it was on me. And God is saying to you, it ain't never been on you. It ain't never been on you. If it was on you, you wouldn't have, I, I wouldn't have sent Jesus to the cross. I would have let you pay for your sins. My God, this is rich today. No struggle, no circumstance, no situation. Nothing that has tried to advance or come against you at any level in your life. It has never been on you. It is never on you. It is never. You got to get the revelation of the cross in your life. You've just been taking on so much stuff and it don't even belong to you. God is like, that doesn't even belong to you. I've been asking you for the weight of this a long time ago. And this is why you keep returning back to your vomits. My God, this is why you keep returning to your vomit. This is why you keep ending in the same place, right? I love dogs. My dad is a dog breeder, right? But dogs will throw up and go right back and eat what they threw up. Proverbs 26 and 11 says that a dog returns to its vomits. So fool repeat, fools repeat their folly. The 12th part of that verse says, do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Right? And the only reason that we keep returning to those same places, doing the same thing, is because we never ask for the help of the Holy Spirit. We never ask for the help of the Holy Spirit. We never just simply say, Holy Spirit, I need more of you and I need you to help me. <laughs> I need you to help me. I need you. I can't get past this. Jesus died so that I don't have to do, I don't have to operate in the same behavior. He gives me grace. He'll give me the wisdom. He'll give me the knowledge. My God, some of y'all been saying, I don't want to get married again because I really wasn't a good wife. And God is like, I have enough Holy Spirit in me to show you how to be a good wife. And I have enough Holy Spirit to bring you a good husband. If you'll just wait patiently. If you'll just wait in position. If you'll just get in position. If you'll just stay in position. And so it's not that we're, we, we've accepted Jesus Christ. It's just we're lacking the Holy Spirit. We won't let the Holy Spirit come in and be the Holy Spirit. We quench him. We grieve him. We won't become anchored in him. We, we're not asking for more of him. And there's no circumstance or situation. There's nothing. There's nothing the Holy Spirit can't do. God is everywhere. God is omnipotent. God is omniscient. He's already seen you. He's seen everything you did. And so to come out of these cycles, um, to experience the more of God, to feel God the way that you need to feel God, to Feel the love, you're going to have to have more of the Holy Spirit. That's the lacking. And then you're going to understand. So even when you feel defeated and overwhelmed and confused, because you become sensitive to the Holy Spirit, you'll feel the, the weight of God's love even in that circumstance, even in grief. Right? Even in grief. When I tried to manage the grief of my husband, myself, it was horrible. It was horrible. It was horrible. But when I let the Holy Spirit come in and he managed my grief, he helped me with my grief. 
he said, no, we're not going to grieve like this. Then God began to do a greater work in me and the pain began to go away little by little by little by little by little. And I could manage my emotions differently and I could respond to differently and I could get up because I had laid down. <laughs> I had laid down. I had laid down. I wanted to die. Right. But the Holy Spirit came in. and I promise I felt him. He brought me to a scripture and he whispered in my ear and he said, girl, get up. And the scripture that he brought me to was in Genesis and it was after Sarah had died. And the scripture said, Abraham knelt and then he got up. He had to, he knew, he acknowledged the grief. He knew that the grief was real, right? But then he got up and he had to continue his journey and he had to go do what he was supposed to do for God. And that was the scripture that God gave me. And when he gave me that scripture, I let that scripture do the work in me. And I was like, okay, Holy Spirit, you're going to have to help me pass this place, right? You're going to have to help me pass this place. And I, and I began to set, get settled in his presence. And he began to do the greater work in me. He did. He got me up because I had laid down. I wanted to die. I didn't want to keep moving. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I was rambling along and people thought I was cool and I wasn't. And the Holy Spirit, I remember the day. I remember the moment. He said, get up. You got, you got to get up. You got. So it's more of the Holy Spirit so that we can understand God's love. It's more of the Holy Spirit so we can have wisdom of our business. It's more of the Holy Spirit so we can be the wives we need. It's more of the Holy Spirit so we can be the husbands we need. It's more of the Holy Spirit. We need more of the Holy Spirit. It's not. It's more time in God's presence. It's more in his word. It's more understanding of who the Holy Spirit is and not quenching him and allowing him to do the greater work because that's what he longs to do. That's what, that, that's what, he's, that's what he longs to do. He wants to pour God's love out on you. That's what he does. That's what he wants to do. He wants to pour God's love on you. So let me just say this as we wrap up this morning. It's okay for you to be vulnerable. It's okay for you to be weak. It's okay to admit those things. And it's okay for you to ask the Holy Spirit for more help. You are not too far gone where you can't ask the Holy Spirit for help. But I will tell you this. If you have not ever accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the first thing you're going to have to do is accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If you're not sure that you're saved, will you do me a favor and prayer? pray this prayer with me now? Will you pray this prayer? If you're not sure of your salvation, right? For the beginning steps of the Holy Spirit to even do that prick you've been feeling in your heart to come closer to God, it first starts with Jesus. It first starts with Jesus. It first starts with Jesus. My God. So, dear Jesus, I know I have sinned against you. That's all you got to say. I am sorry for my sins. I ask you to come into my heart and take away my sins. I promise to love and follow you as best I, as I can. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. In Jesus' name, amen. 
And then let me disciple you. <laughs> and let us get you in a good church and stay connected to the disciple. And let's let the Holy Spirit continue to do a greater work in you. Right? Let the Holy Spirit continue to do a greater work in you. Um, John 6, 37 says, Him that cometh unto me, I will, not, I will not in no wise cast out. Romans 10, 13 said, For whoever, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 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 Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Will be saved right? <laughs> Will be saved. Will be saved. That's all you got to do. That, that's all you got to do. Will be saved. And stand in that. And then ask the Holy Spirit to help you more. Holy Spirit, help me more in this. Let, let me take residence in this. In Jesus' name. Amen. I love y'all. My God. But more than anything, our daddy God loves you beyond what you can imagine. And if you let the Holy Spirit pour his love out on you, you'll begin to realize the depth in which God loves you. And it'll change your trajectory of how you treat people and how people treat you because you'll begin to take your rest in God. You'll take your rest. You'll take your rest in God. You'll take your rest. Your assurance will be in God more than anything else. Now, do me just one favor. <laughs> Think about partnering with this ministry. This weekend, we fed over 100 and something people with Feed the Streets. We could not have done that without our partners, right? We have partnerships with Salvation Army, with Drew Projects. We could not have done that without our partner. And our goal is to feed way more people than that. We probably got about 500 people we need to feed. Really, I want to feed them every day but at the first of every month. So consider becoming a monthly partner with us. Consider partnering with this ministry so that we can continue to do all things Jesus, <laughs> right? Take care of the poor, poor, take care of the sick. My God. Congratulations to all our single mothers who won. We'll be sending out your boxes this week. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I thank you for all you are. Let me speak a blessing over you. Father God, I just declare righteousness. My God, I just declare that your wisdom is being poured out and that your glory remains over their lives today. Send a fresh anointing on them, Father, one that destroys the yokes of bondage, sickness, and disease. Let healing be in their homes, healing in their marriage, healing in their children, healing in their minds, healing in their spirit. And in their soul. Now, Father God, I bless the work of their hands. And wherever their feet go shall be blessed as well. I thank you, Father God. You are their only truth. In Jesus' name, amen. I love y'all. More than anything, God loves you. Do me a favor. Go be loved today. Share this devotional. That's being loved. Go let someone else experience the love of God. I'll see you back here in the morning at 5 a.m. Love. Peace and blessings. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com today.